Hi, I'm Kevin, and this is Intertwined. Before I begin, if you'd like, you can read the scripture passages from 1 Kings and from Ephesians. When this letter was written to the church in Ephesus, things were going pretty well there. Times are generally good and getting better as they enjoy increased peace and reconciliation. Nonetheless, there are still cosmic matters of concern for the church, and today's Ephesians passage urges Jesus' followers to recognize the tools they have at their disposal when confronted with evil. Whether or not Paul wrote this particular scripture, it sounds like the author is familiar with the helmets, breastplates, shields, and swords of soldiers. The writer and readers lived under Roman rule and likely spent time in some cities of the empire. Paul himself came into contact with those outfitted in such armor on the occasions when he was put in prison. Perhaps that is why the metaphor of being outfitted for battle came to mind. The text makes it clear, though, this is not a call to arms against the Romans or any other enemy of blood and flesh, but rather the rulers, authorities, and cosmic powers of this present darkness. Nonetheless, though the helmets and breastplates and shields described were to be wielded against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places, this scripture has often been co-opted to support such gospel-defying efforts as the Crusades, colonialism, and the January 6th insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. This illustrates how a misconception related to the truth can take hold in a population. It also serves as a warning against the dangers of proof texting, which is citing limited and specific snippets of scripture to support a position that runs counter to Christ's message of love and reconciliation. The Christian pop culture scene of the 1980s had a significant influence on some Gen Xers like me. It offered fertile ground for taking a few lines of scripture and running with them. One example is Frank Peretti's novel, This Present Darkness, the title of which appears in verse 12 of the Ephesians reading. And then you have the music. If you've not already seen Striper's Soldiers Under Command video, you really should check it out. The 80s were heady times for what was termed CCM, or Contemporary Christian Music. The record labels even went so far as to assist those of us who listened to the secular music of the day with recommendations for more palatable artists. I remember browsing the aisles at Wise Bookstore in Archbold, Ohio, and seeing a sign that said, if you like White Snake, you'll love White Cross. I did, in fact, like White Snake, so I bought a White Cross cassette, only to learn a few hours later that their similar name, hairdos, and instruments did not equate to the musical experience promised by their label. Plus, I was out $9, which equated to almost three hours of minimum wage work at that time. I did learn a valuable lesson from the White Cross incident, though. It's a misconception that the word Christian should be used as an adjective when selling a product, especially when it serves as a license for lower quality. On a related note, later on I did find some CCM artists I enjoyed, such as Deliverance, Tourniquet, and Guardian, so my music collection wasn't totally depraved. Not all misconceptions I picked up in the 80s have been as easily overcome, however. A few years ago, I was attending a men's retreat, and the leaders, perhaps in part inspired by today's passage from Ephesians, 
We're using an analogy of warfare to describe battling the forces of evil in protection of their families. I was right there with them. That message worked for me. After all, I spent my formative years watching action movies, playing with G.I. Joe figures, and assembling model fighter planes. In my mind, problems were often best solved by force, or at least the threat of force. At that point in the conversation at the men's retreat, a minister who was a few years older than the presenters spoke up. He told them that their metaphor did not resonate with him and asked whether they might be able to offer another. Unfortunately, they perceived this as an opportunity to correct the minister's inability to understand what they were saying, and the conversation devolved from that point. But his question stuck with me. A relative who is a faithful follower of Christ once posted to Facebook asking what you would do if someone put a gun to your head and asked you to deny Jesus. I used to spend a fair bit of time thinking about such things, but as the years pass, I'm starting to suspect there will not be a single defining moment in my faith journey. Maybe the biggest obstacles most of us face as Jesus followers do not occur in big blaze of glory moments, but rather in the small moments of each day. That brings me to Solomon and today's other scripture reading. It sounds like the temple dedication was a joyous occasion. In the passage, after the priests brought the Ark of the Covenant containing the stone tablets into the inner sanctuary, the glory of the Lord fills the temple. Then Solomon refers to the temple as an exalted house in which God could dwell forever. That's another concept that can lead to misconceptions, that our places of worship are where God lives exclusively. Thankfully, Solomon clarifies matters later in chapter 8. The house is built in the name of the Lord. He asks, will God indeed dwell on earth? No, not only on earth, for God cannot be contained even by the highest heavens. The writers and editors of what became the Book of Kings had an agenda that is found across the Deuteronomic history, which is comprised of the books of Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, and both books of Samuel and Kings. Two things they wanted to make clear were that worship was best undertaken in the temple in Jerusalem, and that Israel and Judah suffered at the hands of conquering armies due to the actions of their rulers. The enthusiasm for the new temple is understandable in that light, as is the criticism leveled against Solomon in later chapters of 1 Kings. So the temple was built in the name of God and offered a place for those in the community to worship. But Solomon goes on to point out that it also served a role for those who were not a part of their community, that foreigners also would hear of God's name and come to the temple to pray. I often hear Christians who remember well the American churches of the 1950s, 60s, and 70s lament the diminishing role the institutional church plays in civic life. Attendance is down among many congregations, and they see that as a threat to the long-term viability of the body of Christ. My response to such concerns is to ask when things were just right in the American church. Some might point to the 1950s, but I'd ask whether white churches were welcoming to those of other races then. Good things were going on in the 60s, but what was the church's attitude toward women in ministry? How did the church feel about those in same-sex relationships in the 1980s? 
about the transgendered in the 1990s. Some of you might have noticed I skipped the 1970s. You're not off the hook, baby boomers. I still remember the clothes and color palettes from that era. Solomon's reign was considered a golden age by some, but it was not at all perfect. The writers of Kings would have looked to Deuteronomy 17 for proper conduct of rulers, which included not acquiring horses for himself, especially from Egypt, not acquiring many wives, and not amassing great quantities of silver and gold for himself. Thus, they're quick to point out that Solomon committed those offenses, among others, in chapters 10 and 11. And although building the temple is considered a highlight for Solomon, that project was not without its faults. It depended on heavily taxing the northern tribes, while Solomon's own was exempt, ceding 20 cities to Tyre in exchange for gold, and conscripting thousands of his people to perform unpaid labor. The church is not a building. It is a collection of people, and thus, just as with any other organization, it has its good days and bad days. And while we should collectively recognize and repent for the sins of our past, our focus should be on what comes next. That takes me back to the small moments I mentioned earlier. While there are some folks who do have a big moment, who take a stand that requires great personal sacrifice, for many of us, our faith manifests itself in the small moments. It looks like something as simple as listening instead of talking, healing or ending relationships that aren't healthy for you or the other, avoiding threats to your marriage, taking the time to write your representative even though nothing he does suggests he'll listen, and considering another perspective when we feel we've been slighted. I often have to remind myself of that one when driving. And while we're talking about legacies, I'd be remiss if in the wake of the IPCC reports on climate change and the suffering that climate change is presently causing around the world, I didn't mention other small moments we encounter each day. Some aspects of our collective lifestyle to date have guaranteed that our great-grandchildren will live in a world less hospitable to human life than the one we enjoy today. But it is not too late to improve matters. So the next time you're perusing a menu, skip the beef entrees. The next time you're buying a car, get one that plugs in. The next time you're standing in front of the drink cooler at Sheets, opt for something that comes in a can rather than a plastic container. We know that all things are ultimately up to God, but at the same time we welcome the opportunities to realize the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, thereby experiencing a glimpse of the kingdom. Some people are known for what they did in the big moments in their lives. Others by what they did habitually in small moments. Thankfully, who we are in God is not defined by anything we do. To think so would be a misconception. No, God's love for us was demonstrated in the biggest of moments and has continued in countless moments since. Thanks be to God. Amen. And thank you for joining me today.